0: Welcome to the Make IoT Simple Podcast from Alterco Robotics. Your hosts Doug Robertson and Tim Young
1: discuss how you can use Shelly IoT in automation products to solve your customers' challenges.
0: Hi everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Make IoT Simple Podcast by UltraCo Robotics. I'm Doug Robertson, and I'm joined by my new co-host, Tim Young, who's our director of distributor relations. Tim, thanks for joining in.
1: Hi, Doug. Thank you for having me.
0: You know, it's really great to have someone on board and and someone to interact with. Uh, I'm glad I'm not doing this solo anymore. But just to let our listeners know a little bit about you, can you
1: give us some of your background in the electrical wholesale industry? Absolutely, Doug. And it, it is a pleasure to be here and to be doing this with you. I've been in the industry since 1991, so many years. I've owned my own electrical distributorship in Boise, Idaho. And from there I I also uh, developed and worked with the industry and worked with the National Association of Electrical Distributors as their vice president to the western region so I got to serve for the industry and really get very involved with the vendors all my contractors and industrial customers and just enjoyed the business for many years okay
0: You've definitely been a a figure in the industry for quite a while now. You've worked for a couple of other distributors after you sold your distributorship, and it seems like everybody we talk to knows you. So that's definitely been very, very welcome for us in breaking into the market. Uh, Today, I'd like for us to talk about power measurement and why that should matter to our wholesale customers. It doesn't matter whether you're an installer, an electrician, a dealer, an engineering firm, or a distributor. I think that uh, power measurement, energy measurement, it's got uh, an important use case for you. And so I'd like for us to talk about some of those and and see if maybe we can give people uh, a few ideas, maybe some things they haven't thought about. But to start with, let's uh, begin in the residential area. Okay. The first thing I think of, and and this is very timely, is appliances. Appliances. And the reason why it's timely is uh, my wife and I've got a two-year-old, and he really has changed our perspective on everything around the house, but especially about safety. And this morning, I woke up and I found that one of the burners on the, uh, the cooktop was on medium. It had been on all night. Power measurement is an important tool for safety because in this particular case, I could have set it so that after 30 minutes or an hour or at a particular time of the night, it would just automatically turn off. Yeah, and send you an alert. Right. But of course, you don't want to just have it turned off and then someone wakes up the next day and they can't cook breakfast. So what you want to do is check the power consumption at a certain time of day. If it's active, and it has been active, you turn it off, and you send a notification, and that notification could be through a voice assistant, or through email, or just inside of the app. But the idea here is to let someone know, hey, it was on, it shouldn't have been on, and I've turned it off. And then it's just a matter of knowing, hey, I can turn it back on with automation controls, or with voice assistant,
1: or whatever. Exactly. And be able to turn it back on, it, you know, and, and depending on the stovetop, some of those are the old dial and you, you have to manually turn that off. So turning it back on and just t- turning power back onto your cooktop won't fix the situation. That's what's so great is being able to actually send that notification and communicate back. Hey, you really need to pay attention to this and get it, get it fixed. And, you know, in, in the newer devices that might be electronic, you may be able to power it off. And then turn it back on, and and it'll go back to reset mode, to new mode. But this is such an amazing application that you're talking about that we couldn't do years ago.
0: Right. And the the thing is, you've raised a really important point no two devices are really the same. They're different brands, different models, different features, different ways that they work. So you can really customize this sort of behavior to what you need for your particular home, what your appliances, because really what it boils down to is one size does not fit all. Yeah. But it's, it's not just for toddlers. I mean, of course, you don't want your, your small child to, to run along and burn his fingertips. But, you know, maybe you've got elderly parents who are still living independently or, or or, someone with, uh, you know, some other health or, or disability challenge. And, and you want to make sure that they can still live safely. My grandmother, bless her heart, she's 94. And, uh, you know, she could leave the oven on and just walk away and forget about it.
1: Well, even when we're younger. I mean, I, my wife, and I probably shouldn't say something about my wife, but she actually left a pot of hard-boiled eggs on the stovetop. And she was boiling those about a month ago. And she forgot about them. And the water all boiled out. And we were sitting there watching TV and we started hearing a kind of a popping explosion. Get up. Well, those, the pan had boiled out and the eggs were literally exploding and it was getting to be a worse situation. If we had had a Shelly device connected onto that, that could have been obviously prevented.
0: Right. And something I'm a particular fan of, you know, in case of someone uh, wandering away or or walking away, uh, you could actually set up one of our motion sensors Mm -hmm. and it has the ability to count since the last time it detected motion and send a a command to turn it off. So let's say, you know, it detects motion, someone's moving and uh, then motion stops and an hour later the cook surface is still on and no one has come back, it can turn it off. Now, obviously, if you're cooking a long uh, recipe or you regularly cook long recipes, you'll want to know about that. So set a notification so you can just turn it right back on if it turns it off. But if you know if you don't intend to leave it on, you definitely want it off and you want the notification to know about it. And it's actually fairly simple to set up. You need to use the uh, Shelly Cloud Skill uh, with mm-hmm. Amazon Alexa, uh, but you set up a scene and the scene is really simple because all you have to do is say uh, power consumption drops below a particular value. If you know what the minimum value your appliance is using and and that's easy to use, you just look inside the app and see what uh, the consumption mm-hmm. is at the lowest setting you generally use. And if it drops below that consumption, then it sends the notification.
1: To me, that's such a an amazing tool for us to be able to solve problems like that, be able to be more safe at home, more safe in the workplace and provide solutions like that. And just being able to create a solution. We have the products, we have a motion sensor that you can integrate easily with a relay that has power monitoring in it. You can control the circuit, turn it off, do what you need to do to, to have a better home life, a safer home life, a better work environment, all those things. It's, it's just amazing. done.
0: And uh, something else that I really like is that, you know, if if you're not big on voice assistance and you don't really care about the notifications and you don't even want to use the cloud, you can still set up some powerful safety features because the devices can actually control each other on the same local network using REST commands. Mm -hmm. You don't need Internet access at all. You know, just they can talk to each other through Wi-Fi with no connection to the outside world. So the motion sensor, it can count down for a particular period of time up to 24 hours and send the kill command to turn off a a circuit or a device. And that's not really the only use case either. Safety is huge. It's critical. But a lot of times you find a, a lot of families are turning to solar generation and other off the grid power generation And you want to make sure that you're using it in the most optimal way possible. And what I mean by that is that when you're consuming your own generated power, you're not connected to the grid, you want to make sure that secondary circuits, the ones that you don't feel are important while you're drawing, they're turned off. Or if they're on and power consumption drops below a certain point, it turns them off. Right. And then of course, when power consumption picks up, it turns back on, or if you go back on the grid, however you want to do it, you've got options here. Now, A lot of people want to verify credits because I I don't understand why, but there is a feeling among a lot of people that they're not going to get the appropriate credits from their utility. I don't know why, because, you know, I'm a big fan of of utilities and I know that they're very upfront and and forthright. So, uh, but that's what people feel. Absolutely. So, uh, the ability to verify that you're getting credit when you're dumping into the grid, or if you're consuming your own power and staying off of grid, the ability to say that's not really important right now. Turn it off, or uh, power's coming back on. So uh, that's that's time to bring this back on.
1: Right, and all of that can be done locally. Yep, and, and so you know when you talk about the load shedding. And a house that, especially Southern Florida, where you may have a generator, you have solar on the top of your house, and that's where my house actually is, you want to do load shedding. You want to load shed so if you're you're running something during the day when you're on your solar and you're trying to maximize so you're not running too much, you can actually monitor all those heavier circuits, all those 2-pole 50-amp and 30-amp circuits. You can monitor those, control those. And be able to turn them off and on. And the same thing, if you have an outage and your generator comes on, you don't want all the full load to to hit that generator straight out. You want to be able to control that load and be able to time it. So, you know, you, you may have had the dryer on. And you may have had the oven on. Well, you may want those to come on in, a, in a different times. Back as the generator is ramped up, and you you know then the system can say, okay, we're at seventy five percent of load for that generator. Yeah, we can add the oven on if the oven was is running, and then you can add the dryer on and have your system actually be programmed to control that and be able to not only not damage your generator, but also optimize your usage with your solar generation. Because you, you can, not only can you net generate, so you can, in the uh, during the day, if you're not consuming enough, you can get a positive, but you can prevent to that gap so you can actually make more money with the, the utilities.
0: Right. And the really nice thing about this is that, you don't necessarily have to have some expensive commercial product to handle all this. There are open source tools out there like uh, Home Assistant and Demotics or NIMIA that have these tools built in. So if you're into open source, if you think that data privacy is important, you know, here you go. Yeah, and and these products they all use open protocols. They've got REST, they've got CoAP, they've got MQTT. Whatever your flavor is, it can use all of those. You don't need our cloud or our scenes or any of the services. You can do everything locally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, and and that allows you to be able to bring multiple systems together. So if you need to have one product with one brand and it, it's open protocol, also everything can be brought together and work together. You're not locked into one thing.
0: Yeah, across. You know, if we want to go back to the topic of safety, we were talking about the stovetop, but there are actually other appliances that you might care about. In addition to the stove, you've got, you know, if you're ironing clothes, you don't want to leave the iron on. And and that's something a lot of us have forgotten, not just once either. You know, when I was a bachelor, I was horrible for that. I eventually just started taking my clothes to a laundry <laughs> service. Because I, I wasn't that good at it to begin with. And and leaving it on just sort of made me nervous. You know, my wife uses a curling iron and she's got a holder next to the cabinet. You don't want to walk past that when it's hot and you know and run running you don't want to burn your leg on it so there are a lot of these different appliances that you know are safety concerns if you leave them running and walk away and you forget about it you want them off
1: yeah as you're talking about that that's a very simple solution with our products. you have a shelly 1pm and a shelly 2.5 that we can actually use in the box with the outlet and you know you have some things we got to remember. You got to make sure you have enough room so there's a capacity in that box to take that device and the, the extra load if it's going to be running an iron all the time or something like that. But, you know, it allows us to be able to monitor the power for the device and if it's been on too long and you know that's the outlet that always is used for ironing, you would turn it off and then turn it back on later. Yeah. Um, and, and again, go back to, you know, if your messaging is what you're, you like, you could send a message and say, hey, you've left your iron on and be able to give notifications that way.
0: And, and notifications are great, not just for safety, but just for convenience. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about laundry a minute ago. Well, mm-hmm. Two big appliances that everyone uses, the washer and the dryer. You want to know when that load finishes. I mentioned earlier that we've got a toddler. He's two years old and he runs around. He's full of energy and you might put a load of clothes in. And then when it stops, you're on the other side of the house. You don't hear the buzzer, but you can easily set up a a scene in your Amazon Alexa to notify you. And, uh, you know, I've got Echo speakers around the house. I can actually set it up so it just hits one or if it hits all of them, or maybe it hits all but the one in the nursery just in case he's taking a nap. And again, it's as easy as running a scene that
1: says when the power drops below this minimum level, send the notification. Yeah, And like you talked about before, if you really wanted to get sophisticated, you could do motions through the house and, and adjust your notifications according to the motion in the home.
0: Yeah. You know, and and it's not just the washer and dryer. I use an automatic litter box. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, I'm into IOT. I'm into smart home and I'm going to, I'm going to find something that makes my life easier on any chore I don't like. And who likes changing a litter box? Yes. But the problem is, is that in order for it to really be effective, it's got to run. It turns in a circle. It turns a complete 360 degrees every hour. And if the cat kicks the cover off or, or, or uh, bumps the sensor, it stops turning. It's a safety feature. You don't want the cat to get hurt or have something exposed.
1: I want a notification that it stopped turning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you, you could have your program that would tell you that, hey, you haven't drawn enough power for that to have turned in the last two hours.
0: Well, uh, you know, and actually in this particular case, it's a, it's a constant 5-watt draw. OK, so if it ever drops below five watts, sends me a notification uh, both on my phone and on my echo speaker. I uh, Just go check and, and find out what the problem is.
1: Yeah, it's a simple solution, but it's, it's great to be able to have those opportunities to make our lives better.
0: Right. And uh, another thing that is really important. Everybody's noticed, you know, a, a lot of expenses have increased. You know, there's a lot of inflation right now. And one of those is the grocery bill. Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that your refrigerator and your freezer are drawing an appropriate load of power you want to make sure that it hasn't stopped
1: you know uh drawing and that it's the you know you're you're not going to lose a freezer yes and that's a common common problem in in most garages they're all protected by gfis and frequently if a refrigerator or something else even outside because that gfi might be tied to a circuit completely outdoors you don't even know about it and it's just the odd way we wire things. But what will happen is that aisle trip. You have no idea that your fridge and freezer, especially your freezer, is off, and you're losing you know a freezer full of meat. And I can tell you, if you're a hunter or you enjoy that kind of thing, to lose an entire freezer of elk is just it's heartbreaking.
0: <laughs> yes, I can only I can only imagine you know, the way groceries cost today, you don't even have to be a hunter. You just don't want to lose, you know, what you're planning to feed your family this week. It can be expensive to replace. It's also very useful for determining when equipment needs maintenance. You take your HVAC system. It doesn't matter if it's a home or an office building or a factory or a college dorm. Mm -hmm. Everybody has climate control here in south florida air conditioning is absolutely critical even if it weren't for you know warm temperatures the humidity can can be brutal sometimes and so uh, what i particularly care about is i use uh, shelly 3em with my uh, compressor i want to know if the temperature uh, you know you've got your your, your delta uh, you want to make sure that you you know your your temperature differential is appropriate so if i don't have the correct temperature spread and I'm drawing significant amperage, or I'm drawing more amperage than normal to get that spread, I want to know about it because maybe the coils need to be cleaned. Maybe I'm low on coolant. And especially in this day and age with the equipment, modern equipment, you do not want to be low on coolant. You right. never should be. It shouldn't leak, and you definitely don't want it leaking. So you, you, you know, or maybe the, the device is actually at end of life and you need to, you know, get something mm-hmm. replaced, and you want to do it before it dies, Yes. You, you don't want to have to spend two or three hot South Florida nights trying to sleep while you're waiting for your HVAC
1: company to get out to you. Mm-hmm. And then it's usually another two days to get a new new equipment in. And it's really important to monitor those things and the be, be able to do exactly what you're talking about. Check that delta, be able to watch your temperatures and check your current draw and monitor those power. Mm-hmm. As I said before, this is something that we have not been able to do at our scale and level where, you know, the standard person can actually implement and do it at their own home now. This is stuff that only big major buildings had.
0: Right. And the, the cost on these units, the Shelly 3EM retails for uh, around $110 US. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, when you're talking about the expense of the equipment and the comfort, you know, if, if the device goes down, uh, it always happens in the summer because mm-hmm. that's when it's getting hammered. Yep. You know, especially in Florida from the end of April until the end of September, it's working its hardest. It's it's getting hammered day in, day out, 24/7. <laughs> and and so you don't want it going down. It's worth the the small investment in hardware just to be able to keep an eye on it and and get a notification if it's something has changed. And then you've got the air handler. The yes. air handler is just as important. It's a critical tool. And if suddenly it starts drawing more amperage, you know your filter's dirty. You've mm-hmm. got to change it because otherwise it's it's going to continue to draw too much. You'll start experiencing failures. You want to make sure that you're keeping the filter clean. If it suddenly stops drawing power and the temperature inside your home is rising, you know, you probably have a, a backed up drain line and, and you need to clean it because you've triggered the float switch.
1: Yep. Trigger the flow switch, or even worse, you've potentially froze up your unit because if you're not getting good enough airflow, what happens here is the humidity raises, and your your you start to build your entire heat exchange unit freezes up solid in a block of ice. Yeah, and th- then that's when you start really having bad failure.
0: Right, and uh, at that point also, once you turn it off and it starts thawing, then you're gonna get some water on the carpet. So yes. you, you definitely want to pay attention to this. Another place where uh, power measurement is critical is submetering. You know, there's so many landlords out there who own small units. Uh, about 11% of the rental units in the US are owned by the investors who uh, you know, th- who actually run the property typically with fewer than 10 units in the entire building. And a lot of these are older buildings. They've been retrofitted to to be rentals. So they don't really have individual meters for each individual unit. A lot of them will have, you know, two or three buildings that they've done this with, maybe four or six units in each, Mm -hmm. and they share electricity. And the, the landlord's got no idea who's running up the bill. All he can do is, in some cases, is just eat it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he he he, he, may, he might do his best guess and and you know, by square footage share it out or usually like you said they they're, they're going to eat it where we can actually monitor the power going to each of the different units and be able to give them the information they need to know of who's using too much power or, or not necessarily too much but who's using the bulk of the power so you can then either you know adjust the billing accordingly or have a conversation about well you're using way more power than everybody else. And it is a co-op for the situation. This needs to be figured out.
0: Right. You know, if each unit has its own panel, you can put a three EM on the panel. Mm -hmm. If they don't, I mean, we know what the biggest culprit in terms of energy consumption is. It's HVAC in in every building. So you can put the units on that until and you're going to you're going to have a good idea of where the bulk of the energy costs are coming from. But it's not just residential. You have this in, in small strip malls. You know, there are some malls here in South Florida that I've seen that have been sort of converted to, they, they've got a lot of individual booths and all of these are, are subleased. Uh, of course, there's no way to meter each and every single one with an actual official meter. It's all fed from the existing panels in the building. It doesn't make sense to completely rewire the building just to add, you know, metering for these. Right. But with a device like Shelly 3EM, you can easily add it to the actual circuits that you're feeding to each and every single booth. Yeah. And you've got a much better idea. Hey, you know. They're way out of range. I, I need to add a surcharge or whatever you need to do in order to to balance your books. You've got the data.
1: And that's mm-hmm. what it's all about is the data. Exactly. And I will chime in on um, when you said easy to install. It used to be you know, the, the CTs that you're installing to uh, monitor this power. Those are actually very easy because they're clamp-on CTs now. They're not ones you have to undo all the cabling and to slide them on and then rebuild everything back into the panel. It is truly an easy to install that you know, most people can handle the installation.
0: Yeah. It's not just multi-dwelling units or, or uh, commercial buildings. You've also got RV parks. You might have a, you know, an, an RV park where they're renting out spots for a weekend, for a week, maybe even just for one day for a stopover and it, you know, if, if your property manager isn't really on top of his game, he's going to miss it. And, you know, with a, a tool like this, you're able to instantly determine what's the consumption, what should I be billing? Be, because of the style of the device, you these are retrofit products. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you were mentioning, they're very easy to install. You need to provide power. You need to provide an input for each phase that you're measuring. Uh, mm-hmm. So you, you match the phase to the CT. And that's it. Yeah. But the reason why retrofit is so important is because copper is so expensive. Yes. Entrenching is so mm-hmm. expensive. I, I There's an electrician I work with here locally in Florida. He told me about a job that he actually, you know, put a contract in for mm-hmm. where, uh, there were a group of condominium associations and they were part of a larger improvement association. And when everything was set up back in the seventies, the improvement association was supposed to pay for all of the lighting costs that were not covered by the public utilities. Mm -hmm. But instead, as each of the condos were constructed, the lighting for that specific parking lot and any parks and recreational facilities in that area were connected to the clubhouse for the individual condo association. Mm-hmm. So these communities can be really contentious oh, yeah. to begin with. And when you talk about decades of money that, you know, was not properly allocated and no way to really go back and measure it and say, Hey, this is, this is what you owe me over time. The idea the plan that they had was to dig up all of the wiring for everything that is, again, not a public utility, and just rewire it back to a central location. And I I believe that the total uh, trenching was going to be about 1.7 miles. Mm -hmm. Now, never mind the cost of wire for this. Think about how much it costs to dig up 1.7 miles of old cabling to rewire change junctions, just re, I mean, just divert everything back to a different location. But instead he suggested, Hey, let's use Shelly 3 em We put it at each of the individual clubhouses on the circuits for lighting. And then we just handle it with spreadsheets. Yep. And you know, it, it was a very amicable solution
1: uh, and also saved millions of dollars. Yeah. In millions of dollars. And, you know, with, with our copper and just the, the general commodities and the, being able to be smart about what we use on our planet, that, that's a huge savings. That's a lot of <laughs> copper wire that would have to be used that really we just should, that would be a waste.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's not just copper. There are a lot of resources involved in electrical products and appliances and other types of equipment. And there's a balance. Mm-hmm. What's the cost to produce a new piece of equipment versus what are the savings? And, you know, you can get out the slide rule and a piece of graph paper and and a calculator and try to figure this up. But what you really need is hard information. You need to know your return on investment. You can find out what the consumption of a new piece of equipment will be. But without knowing what your actual consumption is on the current piece of equipment, you can't accurately predict when you're going to get ROI. You can't predict, hey, am I going to save any significant amount of money by upgrading? Uh, Is it possible that I can recoup my costs very quickly or is it going to take several years? Some upgrades will pay for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's in virtually any industry. One of my personal favorites, uh, because I'm a big fan of irrigation, I, I like talking pumps.
1: Mm-hmm. And if I recall correctly, you've got a fantastic pump story. About- I do. I do. So, yeah, when I was back in Idaho, we worked with the local municipality to generate power monitoring for them. So they, they would monitor the power for every wellhead in the city. There was about 300 wellheads. And they knew what their load draw was with a, a well pump. So you would put a flow meter on the pump and as they would monitor the water flow and be able to make sure they're getting so many gallons per minute and so forth, they could then take that and compare it to the actual amp and wattage draw for that pump. And they would able then be able to tell, is that pump starting to have issues? Usually the impellers start to wear out because, I mean, they're driving a lot of water and that impeller will start to wear out, and that tells them at a certain point when it's drawing more wattage for the same water flow, it's time to pull the pump, get it serviced, probably replace the impeller. The motor's usually great. It's the impeller that needs serviced, and that saved them hundreds of thousands of dollars in the first years, and being able to do that as opposed to when it fails and dies, that, that then it's catastrophic issues. You've got a broken impeller in the well. You've got to pull the little casing sometimes. It's just a huge problem. So just amazing solutions. Being able to monitor your power and be able to use that in a creative manner like we're talking about is just in all walks of life. Every aspect of business is so important.
0: I'd love to actually dig just one little bit farther on this. Uh, On that kind of project that you've worked on in the past, what would the approximate cost be per pump on that
1: sort of system? So per pump, it was roughly about $10,000. Now, you've also got to factor in, when we were doing that, this was very specific equipment, but the software itself was above and beyond that. We're actually talking about in what we do an open platform software opportunities where you can take the power monitoring and pull it out to a SCADA system or wherever you need to and be able to use the data how you need to. And so in the day of of where we are now, it is night and day on the cost. And yet alone the cost of our products is so much more economical.
0: Right, because uh, I'd love to point out that you know, even with the Shelly 3M, which is our our premier product, the cost per data point hardware cost is still about 110 retail. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, significant savings on wholesale. You're looking at probably roughly equivalent value for the installation. Mm -hmm. It's a huge savings by comparison.
1: Yeah. And at this point, you can take this, and I know I was talking about an example with an actual city municipality with 3,300 wellheads, but you can take that On your own residence, if you have a well at your own home, you can do the same thing. You can look at your flow, monitor your power consumption, and do the exact same thing for a fraction of the cost. You know, like you said, $110 for the device. And then just some uh, programming and getting it integrated and, you know you're often off to the races to making sure you've got good solid water production at your home. Yeah.
0: I've actually lived in a home with, well, you know, out in a, you know, out in the country. And I I tell you, I never once thought of the well failing, but Mm -hmm. if the pump goes out, you're not getting any water for anything. I hope you've got a lot of bottles to to bring from your neighbor's house. Yes.
1: And it, it it takes time to pull that, the, that pump hat out. And if it's failed, a lot of times if it's failed, you've got problems inside the well casing, as I mentioned. Okay.
0: Well, you know, Tim, it's been a fantastic discussion today. I'm really looking forward to having a lot more of these with you. Also, I'd like to point out to everybody, uh, in case you're interested... Tim and I, along with the rest of the team from Ultraco Robotics US, we're all attending Cedia Expo, September 1st through 3rd in Indianapolis. We'll have our own booth. Come by and see us. And if you've got any questions about Shelly products, any of us will be glad to talk with you and we'd love to see you.
1: Thank you, Doug. This has been amazing. Really appreciate it. Look forward to doing it again.
0: Same here. Thanks, Tim.
2: Are your critical systems available for offsite control? Do you need controls and sensors? that fully support REST, MQTT, or COAP, allowing you to connect to SCADA, IOT platforms, or building management software? What about the ability to collect environmental or power consumption data? Shelly gives you the ability to control a wide range of voltages, use battery-powered sensors to collect important data, or even directly connect wired sensors to controllers, all at a fraction of the cost of traditional PLC-based systems. Whether you need a solution to track refrigeration, trigger an exhaust fan, monitor power consumption for lighting, or control virtually any circuit, Shelly products are the most versatile, configurable, and flexible IOT devices available today. We make IOT simple. Available now at Blackwire, City Electric Supply, and Worthington, or At www.shellyusa.com. Be sure to visit us at Cedia Expo in Indianapolis, September 1st through the 3rd. We're booth 2931.
0: You've been listening to the Make IoT Simple Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how Shelly Products can help you provide superior automation and IoT solutions to your customers, reach out to us at info at alterco.com. You can learn more about Shelly Products at shellyusa.com.